Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about Max Planck, one of the, I suppose, remarkable, most Nazi scientists that we've ever come across, I suppose. Um, probably remade as a humanist, but definitely uh, a Nazi with um, uh, following Hitler's orders and uh, writing inexplicable anti-French letters in World War One and um, promoting the German state and getting rid of Einstein and all this type of stuff. A pretty remarkable person, but uh, uh, also abused. So he came up with the idea of quantum mechanics, or I, little boxes of probability. That is, uh, <coughs> he's the first person who actually perceives the importance of our, our universe being pixelated, that is, um, like the old computers of the old, the old TRS-80s where you could only make up little Pac-Mans out of so many little shapes. Uh, there's these little boxes of probability he talked about. I'm sure that will stuff him up. This is in the uh, coffee table book called The Great Scientist. I should have a read about it. And this is just you know, appalling. Uh, now, Max Planck, uh, 1858 to 1947, was a theoretical physicist whose curiosity about the laws of nature led him to stumble on a whole new realm of quantum theory uh, that would transform our understanding of the microphysical world of atoms and subatomic particles. That sort of just makes me vomit right away. So he was just basically plotting a light bulb and ruthlessly uh, understood the, you know, really understood his equations. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I would agree with that. Um, it would transform our understanding. Well, no, it was just that it would become the actual correct understanding that science went on, and teachers went on a second understanding, which is sort of just a calamity of stupidity. Let's read it. <clears throat> Max Planck was born on the 23rd of April 1850, uh, 1858 in Kiel, Germany, the son of Julius Wilhelm Emma Planck. Julius was a distinguished professor of constitutional law, and he instilled in his children love of scholarship and respect for institutions of state and church. He also taught them the values of honesty, fairness, and generosity, i.e. he was a Prussian person and the Prussian state. Okay, Max's education. Now, it's, it, it is interesting that um, as he... I wonder if this, this is the mother lives very long, but having a mother and a stable thing embeds you into the state, and he's someone who's very embedded into the state. Where the, uh, the other ones, um, he, the uh, there, there's this situation where the, the child gets embedded into Christianity with uh, with Faraday and um, uh, <coughs> James Scott Maxwell, or they don't get embedded in anything, and they become an independent scientist. It's one of these strange things that come across. Um, he was also taught them the values. Mm, I think honesty, fairness, generosity, yeah, I suppose he's generous. He, he did have four sons he sent off, and all four got killed in wars. You know, I think 
we'll see what goes on. Max began his education at the local school at Kiel in 1867. Max was nine. Julius was appointed professor at the University of Munchen. Max was sent to the famous Maximilian Gymnasium, which is the Einstein was wanting to send. He, he did well, but not brilliantly, in all subjects he studied, usually coming in the top eight of each class. How many would be in a class? Perhaps 60, stuff like that. So he's just there. Perhaps surprisingly, he did not display an outstanding aptitude for science and maths at this stage of his life. Well, I don't think he had an, uh, an outstanding aptitude. He just had a lot of time and a focus. If anything, he showed more promise in music, and he did play the piano while violin, uh, Einstein played the um, uh, violin. He was blessed with the gift of perfect pitch, and was a talented pianist and organist. So he played the piano, and Einstein. Did what I think is uh, my father, who is a fairly significant science, also had perfect pitch. I do not have. I don't even have imperfect pitch. I've got no pitch. Um, I think um, karaoke is something that they will want to quickly uninvent by the time they ever get me up on the stage. Um, it is towards the end of his school he began to display deeper interest in physics and mathematics thanks mainly to his teacher, Hermann Müller. Uh, though Müller, he, through Müller, he learned about the law of conservation of energy, the first law of thermodynamics. He was impressed with the idea of the world being governed by absolute laws of nature, and he wondered if there was more to be discovered. Did he? Wow. I wonder if in his year, yearbook, but it is interesting, thermodynamics, and um, at this this stage you've got um, uh, Boltzmann and uh, the Vienna School of um, Positivism, um, and his his school is very much. If you read his Nobel Prize speeches and all that type of stuff, he didn't believe that we could surely say there was an electron. The electron was discovered and all this type of stuff, but he didn't actually believe that we we're able to do it. And he did wave theory. So his his thing was actually not to go down the theorists, the experimentalist sort of news of the world science. He still remained very much into the um, uh, that Vienna school. <coughs> Nevertheless, when he passed uh, the high school living exam in 1874, age 16, Max still had no clear idea of what he wanted to do in his life. What shall I do? I think I'll join the Nazi party. Uh, the three options were a musical career with a musician who told him that if he needed to ask a question, he'd better do something else. Oh. Well, it's another thing in terms of that they probably hated his guts. And so that way you could actually do it. Max decided to study mathematics and physics at the University of Wunschen. He talked with his physics philosopher, oh, like this, Philip von Jolly. Ho, 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 I'm Philip von Jolly. About whether he'd devote his life to physics. The professor urged him not to do so, saying there's no more breakthroughs to be made in the subjects. <laughs> Jolly may be laughing as he said that most scientists believe the mysteries of the physical world, including the laws governing motion, gravity, electricity, magnetism, gas, optics, and many other things, have been revealed. They predicted that physics was coming uh, in the coming century would be more about consolidation and refinement of knowledge. Hmm. 
don't have vomit. Oh, Despite Von Jolly's off-putting remarks, Max Planck, thankfully, was autistic, decided to become a theoretical physicist, which is rather... I think this is one of the important things, is that an autistic person put into Nazism well, is Nazism an autistic thing? Uh, there would, it's sort of a mix of homosexuality and autism there. Uh, I can sort of say that I'm not homosexual, but I, th I think there is elements of that. Um, his decision was based on his fascination with the laws of the universe and his belief that the gift of reason enabled human beings to gain insight into the workings of the world. I just think that's complete trollop uh, made by the author. In 1877, he completed education at the University of Berlin, where he attended the inspiring list, uh, lectures of Hermann von Helmholtz and Gustav Kirchhoff. What Helmholtz um, resonator, uh, Helmholtz coil, and Kirchhoff loops in the circuit, both leading physicists of their generation. Planck was also gratefully greatly influenced by the study of Rudolf Clausius' articles, which uh, introduced him into the second, the second law of um, thermodynamics. So Clausius, they were beginning to, to get the second, second, third law. Uh, it, it, the third law about entropy always increasing. Um, is it, well, that's the first. I really don't know. I have to go back into the... Uh, came from um, Boltzmann. That's just horrible to him. Um, Planck's return to Munchen to obtain a doctoral degree in 1879 at the age of just 21 uh, with a thesis on the second law of thermodynamics. It's really interesting. So the, the law of thermodynamics is really the application of the law of thermodynamics to electromagnetism. The combination of those two is what gets through. Um, in eighty-seven, uh, in eighteen eighty-five, aged twenty-seven, he was appointed associate professor of theoretical physics at the University of Kiel. This job gave him significant financial security to move out of his home and marry Marie Meck, a Munich banker's daughter, whom he had known and loved for many years. They married on the thirty-first of March, eighteen eighty-seven. Isn't that lovely? Uh, in October that year, Kirchhoff. Prank's former teacher at the University of Berlin died. The university wished to fill the post with a world-renowned physicist. Their first choice, Ludwig von Bolden and Heinrich Hertz, turned them down. There might be a reason that uh, Boltzmann uh, turned it down, because they would be, um, there was so much infighting and shit going there. Boltzmann couldn't stand it anymore. Uh, he, um, uh, turning the way for Max Planck, he mentioned... Oh, we're going to have a boring... Oh, he's as boring as a plank of wood. Something like that. Uh, he took out the post in 1888, uh, and in 1892, he was promoted to Fuller Professor, a position he retained until his retirement in 1927. While in Berlin, Planck did his most brilliant work in theoretical physics. Now, it's interesting that... Um, uh, what is it? Pasteur and industrial, industrial revolution... Is beginning to feed into science, into Max, into Faraday, with the weaving of fibres for um, for installation of wires and uh, Pasteur and industrial problems. And here <coughs> we've got the lighting problems. 
Um, he began uh, continue the work in his dissertation on the second law of thermodynamics and the concept of entropy. He investigated how materials uh, transform between solid, liquid, and gaseous state. Or, if you were really not a complete shit, you would actually say that in terms of entropy. How they transform from crystal to glass to gas. If we would only say that, we would be able to then for teach entropy. But because solid liquid gas from the ancients and kept alive by science teachers just gives me shits. He also looked at the conduction of electricity through liquid solutions, electrolysis, and do so. He managed to find explanations for the laws governing the different freezing and boiling points of various solutions. Quite an amazing thing is research into radiation. In mid-1890s, Planck turned his attention to the question of how heated substance radiated energy. Well, he was asked to do for as a contractor a lighting company. Physicists were aware that all bodies radiated heat at all frequencies, although maximum radiation is emitted only at certain frequencies, in which it depends on the temperature of the body. The hottest, hotter the body, the higher the frequency of the radiation, the frequency at the rate per second of wave of any form of radiation. Planck Frequency is the rate per second of a wave of any form of radiation. It's the number of oscillations per second. He's lost it. Planck wanted to see this process was governed by universal law. Well, he, he did. He kept on feeling question. It's difficult to obtain accurate um, measurements of things like radiation and frequency in the laboratory because hot bodies behave irregularly. So Planck made use of a black body. A hypothetical object that completely absorbs and re-emits the lights are all falling upon it. There's also the fact that uh, you have wedge, Wedgwood and the sort of known thing. I, I don't think he did the actual experiments. Uh, he began analysing the spectral energy distribution of black bodies, a curve displaying how much radiation was emitted at different frequencies. <coughs> In 1869, William Wine, a member of the staff of the Physiktechnische-Rennstadt, P.T., PDR, Centre for Radiation Research in Berlin. Okay, so to make better and more powerful searchlights um, for the upcoming wars. Um, uh, to fit energy, uh, uh, su suggested a formula that seemed to fit the spectral energy distribution of bodies he's experimented on. Over the next few years, Planck made a series of attempts to make this formula fit his own theoretical experiments on black body in 1900, he succeeded in doing so. However, precision measurements taken at PTR show that while Wine's formula was valid at high frequency, it broke down completely at low frequencies. At the same time, two English physicists, Lord Rayleigh and James Jeans, derived another formula that worked at low frequencies but not at high frequencies. Planck learned of this discrepancy in October 1900 and went straight to work on the problem. There were two formula, both of which worked but at different frequencies. The solution, he guessed, must be combined the two formulas into a single formula. Oh, oh. And Planck then quickly found his formula he didn't. And the spectral energy distribution of black body could be expressed as a straightforward multiplication of frequency by a certain number. That's complete bollocks. The new formula, known as Planck's radiation law, uh, 
plant right by uh, um, was a claim by fellow physicists undoubtedly correct. To Planck, however, it was simply a lucky intuition, something designed to fit the experimental results. If it's taken seriously, he needed a theoretical foundation. After less than two months of concentrated work, he succeeded in providing this. He presented his report in a meeting of the German Physical Society on the 14th of December. And he, he actually made the correct statement of Box's probability. His quanta referred to a box, not a, a, not a quanta of energy, but a box of probability. And quantum is different. A quantum, you've got a, a, a quanta, the quantum number, uh, and you have a, a quantum of uh, uh, or the angular momentum put through. This is where it's completely bollocks. Uh, there was a problem, however. Planck's new radiation law completely contradicted the basic assumption of physics about the nature of energy. According to this law, energy is released by the hot body is equal to the frequency of radiation multiplied by Planck's constant. Okay. This can be expressed with a formula uh, equals Hn. Or it should be in F, I suppose. Now, h is a tiny number close to zero, yet it has a finite value. In other words, e equals hn seems to imply the energy was released in time. Oh. oh, don't make me vomit. This is complete rubbish. This is the rubbish they teach at school. Energy is not released in... You can have energy... Oh, oh that's oh, it's appalling. That's, that's so incorrect. So, e equals h... Uh, F, but the amount of light can be at any amplitude of that radiation. But if it's a high radiation, it's a shorter pulse time by height, and that's that comes out there. And that box of probability is given by E H F. H F equals H F. Oh, oh, this makes me upset. Suddenly get. The idea that the microphysical world, the world could not be described in terms of classical physics by introducing the idea of quanta. Planck, well, this is, you know, no matter, no wonder students who read this first are doomed. So that, that, that explanation is incorrect. Neither Planck or his contemporaries immediately understood the revolution in nature theory. It did not start to become apparent until 1905 when Albert Einstein proved that light, another form of energy, is also emitted in quanta. He called photons. Well, it's, it's, this detected in quanta, so your uh, your box, your momentum and position is in a box um, for a time. So, if you if you want energy and time is a box. So, if you do short enough times, you've got to get the 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 box larger. Gradually, other scientists began doing work in the area. The French mathematician Poincaré proved mathematically that quanta were inseparable, indispensable to Planck's radiation law. While Danish physicist Niels Niels is such a doge. In his quantum theory of a hydrogen atom, it showed Planck's constants provided a key to understanding the atomic process. He just he didn't he didn't show it. He just used it and said, well, I don't know. He he linked it to 
uh, angular momentum, which is important. By 1911, the quantum theory had moved to the forefront of research. In the 1920s, it provided the basis of quantum mechanics and explored the properties of atoms and molecules. So we have a division in 19, in, from 1910 to 1920. Science does science and follows the direction of quantum mechanics. And it can't explain it very perfectly. So the school explanation, which is left in 1910, can't, doesn't follow them. So school separate, runs a separate direction to quantum physics. And then people who are in school don't understand quantum physics. They come back and they write books, which is sort of like um, in the, when the, the Americans are advancing against the Germans and the Germans sent people with road signs, you know, they dressed up American soldiers, killed American soldiers, and they used to go up and put road signs, which would then send the Americans in circles. And that's exactly what's happening here. Um, Max Planck was already 42 when he unveiled quantum mechanics, an age when most physicists have done their best their work. So further developments in the field were left to younger minds. Ironically, he was one of the last to accept the full application of the theories he had set in motion. He loved the ordered logical world of classical physics and was reluctant to abandon it. Quantum theory, by contrast, seemed to suggest microphysical universe of paradox and uncertainty. Oh, God. Light, for example, could behave either as a wave of particles, depending on the type of experiment performed, or depending on the... It does a particle on a wave if you have an experiment made conceptually with wave producers and particle detectors. But if you do a proper quantum mechanical treatment of your detector, it's just a wave. Okay. Later in his life, after 1900, Planck continued to contribute to research in various fields, including optics, thermodynamics, and chemistry. In 1918, he was awarded the Nobel Prize for Physics for his development of quantum physics theory. Really important. In 1914, he signed a letter saying that Germany should invade France. Difficult to, to do. Uh, and he said he didn't know he signed it. Uh, in his later life, uh, however, it was marked by a series of personal tragedies. In 1909, his Mar Marie died, leaving planks with two sons, Carl and Erwin, and, two, and, and twin daughters. Oh, there you go. Margaret um, and Emma. Carl was killed in action in, in World War I in 1916. following year, Margaret died in childbirth. Emma died in the same circumstances, obviously with a different bird, uh, child. Truly. Oh, yes, okay. She was also giving birth to a different child. In '44, Planck's Berlin's house was hit by an Allied bombs, and many of his scientific papers were destroyed. Or, they said... Um, we it was in a well-to-do suburb which the Allies never bombed. They got them out of the house and they said, we're going to shake your roots up, Mr. Plank, and we're going to bomb your house. Yes, so I wasn't there. That year, Erwin was accused of being part of a plot to assassinate Hitler and executed by the Gestapo. No, Erwin tried to assassinate Hitler. Absolutely. After the war, Planck moved to Gottingen, and there he died. He died there in um, 47, age 89. So, 
And I, I do know, like cotton gins, it's in the Hearts Mountain. It's got a, a little, um, a little um, corner thing with a um, little baby climbing up a, a post doing poo. It's, it's the baby that does Gordon Poo. Today, Max Planck is primarily remembered by the man who thought, oh, he was, and that totally skips him, him obeying the Nazis and getting rid of, of uh, Einstein. Today and shaking Hitler's hand and north. Today, Max Planck is primarily remembered as the man who, through quantum theory, revolutionised our understanding of the microphysical world. However, his achievements did not end there. He was an outstanding teacher. His five-volume Introduction to Theoretical Physics, a collection of his lectures published in the 1920s, was regarded as a classic. Like most things, uh, I'm actually reading some classic textbooks at the moment. And you just have to realise that at certain points in time, they didn't understand things. But you, oh, it's really interesting. As a professor of theoretical physics in Berlin, he raised the status of the subject immensely and supported the work of many younger physicists, including Einstein. Since uh, science is truly fortunate that Max Planck chose to disregard the advice of his teacher, Philip von Jolly Given, in 1874, quote, Theoretical physics is a very fine subject, of course, but it's unlikely that you'll be able to do anything, uh, uh, add anything of fundamental importance to it. Oh, 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 oh. another story comes to a close it's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you may you discover truly amazing things understand them and tell others thanks for listening